0: With training camp about a couple of weeks away, which player could surprise us and make the team? Pat and I are going to discuss that right after this. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes. That is my co host, Patrick Damp. Yes, it is my turn to host this episode of the show for the first time in quite a bit. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow Pat on Twitter. At for Whitt, And you can follow these shows Twitter at Penguins. of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day, especially with the Pittsburgh Steelers about to kick off this weekend. Go check out Locked on Steelers with Chris Carter and make that your second listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by... FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So let's get started for our show today. And we're diving into a question that we got yesterday that we didn't get to but we both really wanted to dive into it for this episode and this one comes from logan from penguins twitter who is your pick for the biggest camp surprise to make the team pat i'm gonna hand the floor over to you for this one because i think your answer may surprise some people that also may not
1: yeah i, I don't want to say he's so much of a surprise as i think it's somebody that we've forgotten about a little bit in a sense And I think it's because he did step away last season to deal with some mental health issues and get his head straight and make sure he was in a good enough headspace to continue playing professional hockey. And by all accounts, he's ready to be back. He's ready to go for it. And to me, that's Sam Poulin. And uh, I've been high on this guy since they drafted him. I think he's got a lot of raw talent. He's still only 22 years old. He's had an extremely limited sample size in the National Hockey League, only three games, didn't really do a ton with it. But in the couple of seasons he's been with Wilkes-Barre as a young guy, you know, 19, 20 years old, he's been able to put up 20 goals, uh, not too bad, but he's done that in a little over 85 games. So for a young guy who might not exactly be – a blue chip star prospect, somebody that you're counting You're counting to be a top six contributor. He's got the skill. He's definitely uh, got the size. He's six one. He's 200 pounds. He's a bigger boy. He can move, but I think it's not quite make or break time for Poulin to make the team, but it's definitely time for him to, if not make the team, stick around a little bit longer. couple games into the preseason. Maybe actually make the team after they make cuts. And maybe he doesn't make it to the regular season. Maybe they send him down after a couple of practices. But I do think both for his development as well as the Penguins roster's age as it is right now, he could be one of those younger guys that comes up and is – a bit of a spark plug and can push some of the older guys to keep their spots and make them better and really just increase his stock within the organization to say, okay, maybe we've got a player here. Maybe we've got somebody who, when we, when we drafted him a few years ago is finally ready to make the leap as a professional.
0: And some people may have forgotten. He came close to making the team out of camp last year. He was one of the final cuts before he got sent down to Wilkesbury, I believe he was one of the final 25, 26 players on the team. And then just because the Penguins were so up against the gap, they had to send him down, and do a bunch of things with waivers and all that stuff. But he impressed the coaching staff and the previous manager- management group a lot during camp and the preseason. And I think he has the ability to do that again, even though he's been away you know, from hockey for so long. I'm Obviously, I'm grateful that he's back now. And he's going to be playing in the prospect challenge later this month. And we're going to discuss that. the next segment but definitely agree i think he has at least an outside shot as well as alvaro terry pustin that is my pick for a camp surprise heading into camp with i guess a chance to make the team this past season wilkesbury 24 goals 59 points in 72 games last year 20 goals 42 points in 73 games only has one game of nhl experience and funny enough he had an assist in that game it came during the 2021 2022 season Really good player with a lot of offensive upside. I think he has some work to do defensively in his own zone. His skating, I think, is very fluid. I like his release. If that can all translate to the NHL, I think he can be a serviceable bottom six player. Now, do I think he's going to make the team out of camp with all those forwards signed during the offseason? Probably not. But I think he's going to give it, he'll obviously give it his best shot And if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world, because again, he's still a young enough player where he can come up during the season. If injuries happen and knowing the Penguins luck, there will probably be some, and he can contribute maybe in a three to five game stretch. Maybe it's a little more if there are a couple really big injuries, but I think his future on this team is pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess cemented, if that's the way you want to look at it. I don't think he's in danger of not being on the Penguins for the next year or two or something like that. He's obviously been developing really well down in Wilkes-Barre. He's a player that a lot of fans would like to see on the team at some point, especially with with the Penguins maybe getting more of a more youth movement in there. But I guess in terms of a camp surprise, he would be the one for me, in my opinion. I think he has a lot of tools that Mike Sullivan likes, and I want to see what he can do in those camp reps and then those preseason games. And the biggest
1: thing for these two players that we've mentioned is both are waivers exempt. So you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops if you want to send them down the turnpike back to Wilkes-Barre or bring them up the turnpike from Wilkes-Barre to Pittsburgh. So it won't be that big of a deal if you say, hey, they're not working out or, hey, they need to get a little bit more consistent ice time to continue to develop, so let's send them to the AHL for a little while where they will get said ice time. So those are for me 2 really, I don't want to say big, but two very names you want to keep an eye on closely in camp this year, because they, they seem poised to make an impact. And if they aren't, then that tells us about more about them as prospects than anything.
0: Right. And anytime like this kind of question comes up, I I guess I get a little frightened because someone can come out of nowhere. Like we saw a few years ago when heck John Marino has one heck of a camp in a preseason and Jim Rutherford has to trade Eric good just so Marino has a spot on the team. I don't think there's going to be anything like that for the penguins in this year's camp. I think they got super lucky when it came to Marino a few years ago, but Hey, Anything can happen. That's just, that's the main camp surprise that always comes to mind for me with the Penguins because it felt like it came out of nowhere. And man, was he good when he came off.
1: Yeah. And speaking of defensemen, you know, it's a name you and I have already talked about on this show. I think a guy that is going to make an impact at camp and maybe make the team is Mark Pissick. You really sold me on him when they, they got him to a PTO. I wasn't exactly on board then the more I went back and looked at him and talked to you and saw what, what he's able to do and looked in the, looked at the numbers, I mean if, this guy could make a push for the sixth or seventh defenseman and make Chad Ruedel's life a little bit more uncomfortable coming
0: out of camp. I agree. He has the underlings for it. He can move the puck up the ice very strong defensively. That's going to be a really fun camp battle to see. Are there any other players who would be surprises to you in camp? Maybe like Stroza, Jansen, any of these other forwards that Kyle Dubas signed during the offseason that I guess are fringe players on the roster heading into camp? I
1: mean, we're going to talk about him in the next segment because he's on the prospect challenge roster, but... I really want to see what Brendan Yeager can do in camp. I want to see how he looks with NHL players just to see really where this kid is developmentally as a professional. Uh, are they going to send him back to junior? Are they going to say, you know what, maybe this kid's worth a second look and he gets a shot in in Wilkes-Barre just because we'll, again, we'll talk about the prospect challenge roster next, but, I am very high on this kid. I liked this pick a lot. And I do think if they put him in a position to develop and succeed, we might have a pretty good hockey player on our hands.
0: First of all, how dare you mispronounce Braden Yeager's name? Shame on you, Pat. Oh Braden. It's not I'm absolutely shame Brayden. on you for that. He'll he'll come listen to this show and he'll come get you for it. Not listen, honest.
1: it's 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 W it's a WHL prospect. If you know anything about the WHL the names are a circus.
0: Oh, no, they they definitely are. Heck, I know I've mispronounced some other names on this show, which I fully apologize for. I had to give Pat a little bit of crap for that one. But, hey, that's a good segue to our next segment where the Penguins dropped their Prospects Challenge lineup on Friday, and we're going to dive into that. But before we get into that, we have to discuss FanDuel. Football season has officially kicked off. The Detroit Lions took down the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. And with that, Thando is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the big game, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use them on spreads, player prompts, over-unders, and so much more. So visit fanduelcom slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduelcom slash LockedOn. That's Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and Locked On. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. That is my co-host, Patrick Dam. So as we tease heading into this second segment, Penguins did drop their prospects challenge lineup. The prospect challenge will take place, take place, excuse me, cannot, I can't talk today either. September 15th through the 18th, it will consist of 27 players, so the challenge next weekend for those that want to drive up to Buffalo to watch the Penguins prospects. 16 forwards, eight defensemen, and three goaltenders. Some of the highlights on the roster, you got Ty Glover there, Avery Hayes, Sam Poulin, Braden Yeager. Pat and I are going to discuss that in a few seconds. You got Ty Higgins, Justin Lee, Joel Blumquist, all those players, plus so many more. I'm really intrigued about Jaeger. I, I did not shy away from the fact that during my Draft scouting report of him, I thought he has had and still has a top three release of that draft class. It is so wicked, whether it's his wrist shot, snapshot, or his slap shot, especially his wrister is a thing of beauty. Just go look up any highlight package of his and the flick of the wrist that is just it is a gorgeous so sight. Nice. The one thing I am concerned about a little with him is that his goal scoring total went down this past season, usually you want to see that number go up, especially for someone so young. But if that rebounds, if he continues to work on his two-way game, I do think he can be a decent middle six or potential top six center in the NHL. Right now, I kind of still see him as a winger, but that's also just my take on him. But again, if he can really develop that two-way game, get back to basics with his goal scoring, he can definitely be a difference maker at the NHL level. But I'm really... Excited to see him go up against some of the top competition for some of these other teams.
1: Yeah, I want to see how he stacks up against other prospects. And the thing I will say is that shot got him 69 goals over 154 games. And the WHL isn't the QMJHL, where in the Q, they turn defense off and just don't really even think about it. WHL is a little different, a little bit bigger of a league little harder to get, get to the ice, a little bit harder to get to the net. So 69 over 154 is a pretty solid number. And he he came in as a 15-year-old and scored 18 points, seven in seven of those were goals as, as a 15-year-old in the WHL. Goes on to his first season, his first full season, where he wins rookie of the year for not just the WHL, the entire CHL. And gets 34 goals and 59 points. So this kid's got talent. And the other thing I really liked about him was after they drafted him, the inevitable question came with his press availability. When do you think that you're going to play in the National Hockey League? And he basically said, I don't know. It's whenever Pittsburgh deems I'm ready. And says, I got to give myself a couple of years to gain, gain some strength get a feel for the game, and make it to the NHL level. So this isn't a kid who's coming in thinking, hey, I got drafted, what was it, 14th overall. I'm, you know, the king. I'm the best. I'm a top 15 pick. I should be ready for the NHL. now." no, this kid knows he's got to put the work in, and I think he's going to. And I think if he makes an impressive showing at prospect camp and then – has a solid camp and how long he can last that's going to tell us a lot about him
0: agreed and i know there are some fans out there that think like oh some of these prospects will be ready year one right away no it's not like that in you know the nfl and the nba where a lot of these players are ready right away no these players have to keep developing over multiple years before they become ready for the nhl outside of maybe the top three to four to five picks in the NHL draft. And sometimes, Pat, it's not even that many. Sometimes it's the first two picks in the draft that only play in the NHL that year, or just right away, I should say. It's just so different. You're not going to see situation. Remember Daniel Sprong had that, that nine-game tryout several years ago. You're not going to see something like that here with Braden Yeager. No, and there
1: is a pretty significant difference from – your 18 year old season assuming you're not a phenom like a you know a Sidney Crosby Alex Ovechkin whomever to your 20 21 22 year old seasons because you there is a lot of uh disparity between the NCAA the Canadian junior leagues Europe and then even the ECHL the AHL and then the National Hockey League so it, it it's so it's even so much more in my opinion than it is with football where the best of the best play in division one ncaa football and they're ready to go as best they can once right. they get to the national football league the best of the best in the canadian juniors a lot of those guys don't ever play a professional they might get drafted they might go play overseas they might get a cup of coffee in the echl or the ahl but a lot of those guys don't make it to the national hockey league so the development process is slow, and I've been saying this for years now. One of the things the Penguins have done incredibly well in the Sydney Crosby of Guinea-Malkin era is they have taken a very baseball-like approach to their developmental system. Everybody is on board, from Wheeling all the way up to Pittsburgh. So guys go, guys can start in Wheeling. We know a good few of them, think Tom Kuhnhockle, who – You didn't know who they were three, four years ago. And then all of a sudden, they're a key contributor on a championship or contending team. So we're going to get into it here in a sec. But I think there's a lot of candidates here on guys who we're not going to think about for two, three years. And all of a sudden, they're going to make a difference.
0: There are some other very good players that are going to be playing for the Penguins in this prospects challenge. Usually when you think of Penguins prospects, you think of them as probably the worst team in the league when it comes to prospect pools that actually improved by at least a little bit this year. Thankfully it needs to keep going higher. I mean, I'm hoping that it will, but some of the other players on this list, Pat, Evan Vierling, before I saw his name here, I had really never heard of them, but with the Barry Colts of the OHL, he had 35 goals this past season, 95 points. I am very intrigued about him as a player. Also, Atlee Calvert of the WHL, he was great for his junior team, 40 goals, 73 points. Those are two players in particular. Again, I don't really know that much about them, but I'm going to have my eye on them when I tune into these games next week.
1: Yeah. And I look at a couple of players on the defensive side, because remember I said the QMJHL throws defense to the wind. I'm looking at Ty Higgins, 13 goals in 68 games in the queue with uh, Acadie Bathurst, that's pretty solid for a Q defense, uh, Q defenseman. And then Isaac, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher this Bellevue. Sorry, I'm not a big French speaker here. Also, 11 goals in 55 games for him. Those are two guys as defensemen who, if you're scoring in the Q as a defenseman, that's a talented defenseman. So, and both those guys, uh, Higgins is, is 18 isaac is 20 these these guys could make an impact in the next couple of years should they stick around
0: right and just goalies wise really curious about joel blumquist as well he's one of the better goalies in the system right now for the penguins really curious to see how his development is going as well so again if you want to tune into the prospects challenge it's next weekend september 15th through the 18th and if you want to go up to watch the games Just take a drive up to Buffalo, get a cheap flight there from Pittsburgh. It's only what driving range, few hours, if that. And then if you're a little further away, again, you maybe just get a cheap flight up to Buffalo, something like that. Go check out
1: the the Sabres practice facility where they play that. It's beautiful.
0: I need to go check that out too, by the way. I actually have never been to Buffalo, so I need to go check that out ASAP, to be honest. But really excited about that. Curious to see how these young players look. That will do it for this segment. Coming up to end the show, some love him, some hate him. We're going to talk about Jeff Carter and our expectations for him this upcoming season as he goes into his final year of his contract with the Penguins. Stick around for that coming up right after this. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodies. Remember to, well, one of your hosts, Hunter Hodies. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Ellen Russell Penguins. And you can follow Patrick Dant, my co-host on Twitter, at Send for Wet. Buddy, I am absolutely struggling today for some reason. I don't know what's going on. This is... And having hosted a show in over a week, I guess that's what it'll do to me, but you're, you're
1: not, you're knocking the rust off and it's a Friday. It's going to be Steelers week one. I mean, we're just, it's a tough time of year, man. It's a tough time for us hockey guys.
0: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm uh, just going through the motions today, <laughs> but we're, we're discussing Jeff Carter here for this final segment, final year of his contract, the one that Ron Hextall signed him to before. Evgeny Malkin and all the other more important players during that season something I'll never get over. But as I teased, a lot of people hate him. Some love him, but no matter what, he's going to be in the lineup this year. Case closed. I know a lot of people think, Oh, Mike Sullivan is just going to scratch him and all that stuff. No, I don't think that's going to happen no matter what, but if he doesn't scratch him, I still think there is a way for him to work on this roster, and that is in a very sheltered fourth-line role. If you want to have him take some face-offs, cool, you can do that. You want to send him out there for that weird overtime play so he can take a face-off, maybe lose it, give the possession to the other team, which would happen at times. Okay, you can do that if it makes you feel better at night, Mike Sullivan. But in all honesty, he needs to be sheltered on the fourth-line, and not be playing center, and especially not be on the third line. Maybe he'll have to play third line a little bit to start the season because Jake Gensel is not there. I still think they can put him on the fourth line to start the year because there are better options above him. But that is where he needs to be, for the fourth line, for this entire season. Goal-wise, I'm still expecting 10-12, to maybe 13 goals for him. If you can get him near... 25, 26 points, I'd say that's pretty decent production for a fourth liner who is in his late 30s and he was obviously struggling a lot more now compared to where he was when the Penguins first got him. That's where I'm at with him, and please, for the love of God, do not use him in high leverage situations. I don't want to see this guy killing six on fives with a minute left in regulation like we saw last year.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. I like Jeff Carter. I have even in even as much as it makes me shudder in in his from when all the way back when he was a flyer the guy is has been one of the better goal scorers in the league for a long time he isn't anymore and i agree with you if he is sheltered as a left or right winger on the fourth line in limited minutes i still think he has a role on this team because believe it or not in the time he's been with the Penguins across all this time, he's got 85 points. For a guy his age, that's really good. And I think if you have him sheltered, we saw the good, a good handful of times over the past few years, guy still has a great shot, an absolutely great shot. And if you're taking defensive responsibilities away from him, you're putting him on a wing, you're telling him, stick to the point circles and above, go score. He's going to thrive in that, I think. And let's let's temper expectations on the word thrive. He's not going to suddenly turn into a 30-goal scorer again. But if he can pop between 10 and 15 this year in a very limited fourth-line role, we're in good shape here because the guy can still score goals. We just can't have him playing a full game, a full ice, you know, all three zones defensively accountable. And I agree with you too. I don't mind him taking faceoffs. I I think he's fairly solid. We we all had that confirmation bias in our head with Jeff Carter in the second half of the season last year where he could take eight faceoffs in a row, win the first four, lose the fifth and then win the next three and we're just going to remember the one he lost because that's what we're focused on. So he still brings value to this team. I don't like the contract. That was a dumb contract by Hextall to sign, but end of the day, the guy can still play a little bit and he can bring some value to your bottom six, which we have been screeching about all summer. This is what they need. And on the wing, less defensive responsibility. That's a guy who can get you a few goals and is going to take, some lesser strength matchups against some lesser talent on other teams. So if I'm Mike Sullivan, he's on my fourth line. He's a winger. You sit him down at camp and go, listen, Jeff, in your late thirties, you're in the last year of your deal. We're going to assume you're retiring at the end of this one. Go score 15 goals. Go out in a blaze of glory. We'll shake your hand. We'll give you a nice little plaque. Go hang out at the cottage.
0: And with where his skating is now, I mean, it's not, Good, obviously, he's in his late 30s, but it suits him better on the wing. He, For him to play center, he would have to be a better skater, and that's just not in the cards for him right now. With where his skating is at, he has to play on the wing. And again, it takes away some of those de- responsibilities that you discussed, You know, playing in the defensive zone, playing in all three zones, actually. And he's not going to have to worry about that as much if he were a center. Now, the big question is, Who will play on his line if he does play fourth-line wing? That's going to be interesting. Maybe someone like Matt Nieto on the other side. I'm not really comfortable with Lars Eller centering a line with him just because I think that's too much for me, in my opinion. I think both players, skating-wise at this point, they're just not as good as they used to be. I think that's just a nice way of saying that. that, Yeah, there would would not be a lot of speed on that one. No. They would have to put some younger legs with him. I don't particularly want to see Drew O'Connor with Jeff Carter on the line, but I think it could make sense in a way just for Mike Sullivan to get O'Connor some more everyday experience with someone like Carter. But again, I'm not really that big of a fan of it. That's, again, that's what I'm going to be really watching for this season. Who is going to play on this line? What makes more sense for him. Maybe you put someone like Achari on a line with him. I think that would be... Pretty fun because Atari can take care of those defensive responsibilities while you can send Carter to the Wolves a little bit. He can get you some goals. He can still pass, as well. I think that's part of his game that hasn't really left him either. You just have to work to his strengths heading into the final year of his contract. And his strengths right now can still score a little bit. He can still play, make. It's probably it. Well, he can still win you some faceoffs as well at times. I just don't need him doing that all the time. And especially, again, not in a late-game situation where you are defending a one-goal lead. I I will scream if I see that happen for the first time next season, whenever that is. The
1: biggest thing is you cannot count on him to be a key contributor anymore because he just is not one anymore. And I always have to give this caveat. It's not a shot at the guy. There is one undefeated entity in all of sports, and that is father time. He comes for all of us and waits for no man. Some guys fight him back a little bit better than others. And in the case of Jeff Carter,
0: father time is coming to collect. Right. And again, this is going to be his last season as a member of the Penguins. I would be very, 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 very stunned if he were to come back to the Penguins on another contract after the season. Hopefully this year goes out with a bang for Carter. He can have, put together at least a decent season, can wash away the stench, That was last year for him, but he's going to be playing most of the games. People are going to have to get used to it. Mike Sullivan just has to use him the correct way. And please do not put him on the second power play unit either. Like we saw last season, there is too much talent for the penguins second power play for him to be on there. I think
1: I don't, I actually wouldn't mind him as an alter as an alternate on the second power play. I don't want him on there consistently. Like I don't want him being trotted out in all situations, but say, Say that you have a night where – because we saw it happen on the – I think it was Christmas or New Year's Eve between one of those two where they played the Devils and had like nine power plays and didn't score on any of them. That's true. Say you have a night where you get three or four power plays and the first unit's not getting it done and maybe you bump somebody up from the second unit to the first unit for a little bit just to shake things up. And if Jeff Carter's available and you put him in a position where his job is just to get to a soft area and shoot – I can see that working, but uh, overall, I don't want to see him as a staple on a power play unit. He's just not that guy. anymore.
0: Right. I mean, he hasn't been that guy for the last few years now, to be honest. Well, maybe when he first came over, he was still that guy in quotation marks a little bit, but since then just hasn't done anything. Yeah. Weren't coming up, but and, I, I and don't I, see where you're coming from at
1: least. And, and I think last year, just overall, outside of a couple of players like Crosby and Malkin, That year, looking back on it, man, last year was catastrophic. Like, so many things that could go wrong went wrong. Right. And I really am looking at this offseason as more than just new front office, new faces, new places, all that. They washed the damn stench out.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of new faces both on and off the ice for the Penguins. And for the first time in – Quite a few years, I think. Well, I shouldn't say quite a few years, but at least a few years. I'm legitimately excited to watch this team this season with all the new faces in there for the games and management wise. I'm fired up. I think this is a team that has a lot to prove. There's a lot of naysayers that are talking a lot of crap about them. And I think the Penguins want to basically tell these people to shove it where the sun doesn't shine by the end of the season. But I think that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to slash watch this one. We'll be back next week. Probably won't be on Monday because Pat has something that is coming up for him, but we'll probably have an episode Tuesday. Wednesday and Friday for next week. Next week marks the final week of three episodes a week before we go back to daily the next week because training camp is right around the corner. And then we'll be doing daily episodes starting then all the way until June slash July of next year. So Pat, I hope you're ready for that. And everyone that listens slash watches the show, I hope you all ready for that as well. Again, thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. And we'll be back next week.